0: Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the CIC cast. I am Joel Cookson, and I'm happy you've decided to spend a little time with us today talking and listening about the world of high school sports in the state of Connecticut. We've got a couple different guests uh, with us this week, actually, two. First-time guests and then a pair of veterans will be joining us this week. Uh, We're going to start things off with a recent addition to the CAS CIAC staff, uh, Sharice Miller, who uh, works in our Student Activities Department. She's going to talk a little bit about some of the programs they are starting up, including something that's uh, beginning a little bit later this fall that we're very, very excited about here. At the CIAC. Then we're going to get on the phone with Larry Kelly, writer for the Norwich Bulletin, to talk a little bit about some of the teams and stories that have uh, caught his attention in the early going in the eastern part of the state of Connecticut. And then we will wrap things up with our veterans, two gentlemen who you've heard quite a few times here on the CIAC cast. Scott Erickson and Joe Morelli—they're both going to join us. They are the hosts of the Just for Kicks podcast, uh, as part of the Game Time CT in Hearst uh, Connecticut uh, media empire. So we brought them on to a little crossover podcast to talk a little bit about uh, boys and girls soccer here in the early going in 2018. So a lot of different topics that we are covering uh, this week on the CIC Cast. I'm glad that you've decided to spend a little time with us once again as we uh, we dive into some of the interesting things happening in. In the world of Connecticut high school sports. I made a note to myself. I'm going to try to keep this introduction part uh, a little shorter this time. I feel like I end up rambling uh, a little more than I intend to every time when we do this, but I want to quickly run through uh, places where you can uh, find the podcast. Of course, you can get it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please subscribe and rate and leave a review if you do uh, listen to us there. Also, on the in uh, Google Play and on Stitcher, you can find the CIAC cast. We'd love if you uh, subscribe any of those places so you can And uh, make sure you get the most up-to-date version of the CIAC cast. Of course, uh, getting all the news and information from the CIAC, check out CIACsports.com. That's our website where you can get uh, great information uh, on a variety of topics. Everything, uh, all the news, all the information that we post there, schedules, results, anything you could possibly want. Uh, At least we hope so, uh, on the World of High School Sports in Connecticut, You can follow the CIAC on Twitter, at CIAC Sports. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, at CIAC Sports, trying to build up that Instagram account. We've been doing a few things there and hope to continue to do thing, uh, some new things throughout the fall season there on the Instagram account. And we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. You can also email the CIAC cast, and that email address is CIAC cast. Uh, the whole, uh, whole thing spelled out there, a couple CIACC. Cast at c a s c i a c dot o r g. So c i a c cast at c a s c a c i a c dot o r g. A lot of C's in there. Hard to uh, to rattle my way through that one. But uh, so um, that's uh, that's my news and notes. I think for this week. Wanted to quickly hit on some things you might have missed on c i a c sportscom Like to update folks with what's going on there on our website. Uh, we've had a couple editions of Linked Up. I uh, actually did two of them this week because we were a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, off schedule uh, with that. So uh, lots of great editions of Linked Up since we last podcasted. And of course, that's a feature where we uh, include lots of great feature stories from uh, the world of Connecticut high school sports. I was just thinking. Um, how fortunate we are to have such wonderful uh, media coverage. Uh, a lot of the folks that you hear on the podcast, uh, their work is is incorporated uh, in linked up, but so many good stories. I believe we had 18 on the one we just posted on Friday today. Uh, and then the one earlier in the week, there was a, a handful in there as well. So lots of great stories there um, uh, from the world of high school sports. Hopefully you'll check that out. Uh, the story about a new, <clears throat> excuse me, new cheerleading competition that's going on uh, beginning uh, this fall in 2018. It's called Game Day Cheerleading. You can get information there uh, about that a little bit more. Uh, it's a little different than sort of the competitions uh, that you'll see at the CIAC Championships during the winter. Um, but uh, some interesting information there. Republished a story we wrote last uh, last spring. Uh, in in recognition of World Suicide Prevention Day, which was uh, a little bit earlier, uh, I believe it was last week. Uh, so a, a story about an organization that's uh, trying to use lacrosse uh, to talk about issues of mental health and, and suicide prevention. So important story there. And then one more uh, note, we are very excited about this here at the CIAC. We've awarded the first round of the uh, J. Robert Ford athletic grants, uh, more than $21,000 going out the door from, uh, from the CIC to some of our, uh, our member schools that need a little financial support. So check out that story. And, uh, and it's a rolling grant process. So if you're hearing this and you're, uh, at a member school that maybe feels like you're in some financial hardship, uh, Get in contact with the CIC. We'll get you the application, and uh, and you can put in for some additional uh, some additional funding if that's something that uh, would be helpful for you. So some uh, just a few news and notes there as we uh, we said uh, around the world of high school sports. Things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. Of course, we also like to uh, before we get to our interviews talk about uh, the message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. I'm going to just read this one uh, verbatim today. We're going to go. Uh, I'm not feeling very creative, so we'll. Uh, Despite uh, the three cups of coffee this morning, I'm going I'm to stick to uh, the script, which tells me that sending or receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which if you're driving at 55 miles per hour, this is the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. Please do not text and drive or drive distracted, and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. Important message from uh, the people at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. One that we hope you uh, hope you take to heart. If you're listening to this in the car, I hope your phone is uh, is safely tucked away and uh, you're not tempted to, to start playing with buttons and all that good stuff uh, when you're behind the wheel. Not worth it. Not worth the risk for yourself. Not worth the risk uh, for what you might, uh, the kind of damage you could do to other people as well. So, That's uh, my spiel for this week. As I said, trying to keep it a little shorter. And uh, and let's get to our conversation. Starting things off, as I said, one of our recent additions to the uh, CASC CIAC staff, Sharice Miller. She's going to talk about some of the exciting things going on in the student activities uh, portion of CIAC. One of our newest additions to the cast ciac family uh, joined us this summer is uh, Charisse Miller, working in the Student Activities Department, and we're very happy to uh, to have her making her podcast debut with us today. Sharice, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, my, my path to cast ciac has been very interesting. I... Um, Was a teacher for 14 years, an English teacher. And for the past, uh, maybe about six years ago, I started coaching. Um, I coached various sports, but my main uh, sport, so to speak, or activity was cheerleading, which I absolutely loved. And um, I started getting involved more with um, CIAC at that point. Um, And then I later um, became the athletic director at Prince Technical High School, which was probably one of the most amazing experiences in my career. Um, It wasn't a um, position that I had planned on, which I think made it even better in the long run. And, um, of course, um, it ended up really being better because I got much more exposure to CIAC, and um, Carissa Niehoff was a very good mentor for me, and Fred Balsamo, great mentors, and um, when the position opened up for um, student activities, I was thrilled and delighted to Apply for it and come and and be a part of the team because the people here are just tremendous people. So I'm excited and honored to be here.
0: Well, we are very happy to uh, to have you in the mix here with our uh, our our staff. So you talked about um, you know the the position opening up. What what appealed to you about the about this job of, of student activities and kind of being in the mix uh, with, with that uh, that position and, and sort of um, you know trying to, to continue all of the good things that we're doing uh, in the realm of student activities here at uh, Cassie CIAC.
1: yeah um, I think for any educator um, your priority is students and we just want to see that students get and overall experience um, of high school, middle school, elementary, they need to have an experience, um, have many different experiences, whether that's um, sports, uh, activities, student council, national honor society and they need someone, sometimes some of them are okay on their own, but sometimes they need someone who really believes in them and who wants to push them and show them like, look, there's other things you can do and it'll just create a better experience as a student. So what excited me about the position is the fact that I would be able to work with all types of students from all over the state, um, all different ages, and um, just my, my passion in life is to help students and to open up their minds to being creative, to being leaders, to being able to find um, uh, their, their inner skills that they probably never even knew that they had. Mm-hmm. And when you actually see it come to light and you see them – um, be the best that they can be it's one of the most rewarding experiences that one could have so that's what really brought um, got me excited for it and even further I was excited because um, I was able to do some CIAC stuff mm-hmm. along with um, CAS and it just really really excited me to be just in the world of student activities and sports and that's just my passions.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, we are, again, uh, very excited, and I know you'll be doing a, a wonderful job. So let's give people just a little bit of, uh, you know, that many folks obviously are familiar with the, the CIAC programs and the tournaments and all the sports right. that we run, but uh, what, what sort of things fall under the realm of, of student activities that, uh, that, that CAS CIAC offers? What sort of things uh, kind of fall under your umbrella? What kind of programs uh, that people might uh, either be familiar with but don't know that that's kind of part of the, the CAS, uh, CAS experience as well?
1: Right, um, so we have a, a few very exciting uh programs coming up, so one uh, a huge program coming up that I'm really excited about is our high school student leadership um unconference, and that will be in North Haven in November, November ninth, and tenth It's an overnight leadership experience um students will get intense leadership training from uh, great speakers. We have Brandon Lee White who will be joining us. Um, we have a team from the um, from Yale who will be coming, and they'll be doing workshops on Inspire Ed. Um, and it's just going to be a very um, intense, great training that all leaders. It'll be open for all leaders, and that's whether you're in student council, National Honor Society, uh, whether you play sports all leaders because leadership comes in many forms so we're very excited to announce that and and we hope to see many people there Um, another very exciting um, program we're getting ready to start is a student athletic advisory board and that is very exciting to me and to many people um, in the state because this is really student driven student inspired We had students uh, come up with an action plan. Um, 22 students from Connecticut came up with an action plan. Mm -hmm. And the action plan was for them to have a voice, um, for them to be able to address good sportsmanship within their schools and within our state. Um, And by doing that, they'll be able to educate parents, spectators, teachers, educate all on what good sportsmanship is, why we need it within our schools, and how that's going to be important for our student athletes across the state. they also also on the board they will be able to address any issues going on they'll serve as the liaison between students and administration and Mm -hmm. they'll be able to bring all of their concerns and all of their ideas back to the ciac so we can make sure that students have a very healthy career being a student athlete and promote good sportsmanship we want to make sure that every school that anyone walks into in the state of connecticut has the same expectations of good sportsmanship and all students are able to play a sport and be excited about it and everyone you know cheering them on and making them feel good about what they do so we really are um huge on good sportsmanship in our class act schools we want all schools in connecticut to be class act schools and just you know uh we're very excited about that board
0: yeah, so that's uh, I know something that everyone here is uh, is excited about. We've I, I know this is my uh, I've been here for six years now, and I know we've talked uh, for many years about a way that we can get you know more sort of direct feedback from students uh, to to be you know towards the CIAC. Obviously, the uh, the organization is 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 there to serve them in many ways. So we're really excited. Uh, about the prospect of that so what just for for students who may be interested for schools that uh, that want to know how they can get their kids involved what's the process going to be I know we haven't officially kind of launched the uh, the application process yeah. yet but what sort of uh, what what what's the structure going to be what's the the process going to be like for any kids or schools that uh, that want to make sure they get their kids involved in the in that advisory board
1: okay good so um the Student Athletic Advisory Board is going to consist of four students from each league. Um, each student and each of, uh, of the four students are going to be from a different school within the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and the requirements, um, students will need to complete an application, which should be going out in the next couple of days. Um, the application will be provided by Cassie IAC. Um, athletic directors within the buildings will will um, or principals will seek students who they think will be great on the board Mm -hmm. and then they will recommend those students to the commissioners in the league and then they'll uh, narrow it down by application the applications will have a letter of recommendation from a teacher or coach staff member the students will write a letter of interest and there's just a few questions on the applications for students to answer And athletic directors and commissioners will narrow it down to who they think the best students are to serve on the board. And um, then we'll let students know in October um, who's chosen for the board. And we're hoping to have a meeting set for November. And we'll have three meetings throughout the year, typically. That's how it works.
0: well, this is very exciting and uh i know another uh, another big thing for you in the the student uh student activities realm you guys do a lot of great stuff and uh like i said i think this is something that uh, that we're very excited about to see and uh Absolutely. looking for a great group of kids uh for this first go round. So we're uh, yes. <laughs> excited to, to get people in the building and uh, and get their contributions. So Cherise, we're so thrilled to have you on board thank and, you so and have you leading this program. And uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, giving folks a little uh, information, a little taste of this program and some of the other great stuff that, that Student Activities is doing.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. I'm so excited to be here and I look forward to working with everyone on this. So thank you.
0: Thanks so much to uh, Charisse. Really enjoyed uh, that conversation. We're really excited about this, uh, the new Student Athletic Advisory Board. Hope it's going to uh, to pay some real dividends and, and give some good experience and, and some great contributions from some of our uh, student leaders uh, around the state of Connecticut. We really, uh, we, we try to provide some great opportunities uh, for leadership, uh, you know, opportunities and leadership uh, growth experiences for athletes and leaders uh, around the state. And, and we think this advisory board is going to uh, go a long way towards supporting that and, and hope pay some real dividends in, in seeing some improved sportsmanship uh, and just improved uh, communication between uh, schools and students and the CIAC. So we're really excited about that and uh, I know Charisse is going to do a great job uh, directing that initiative. So we uh, keep your eyes out for more information about that. We'll have uh, have something on ciacsports.com uh, once that's uh, officially kind of underway and uh, the application process is underway. Next up, we talked to uh, going to get on the phone with Larry Kelly. I mentioned Larry is a uh, writer for the Norwich Bulletin, doing a lot of great work out in that part of the state. We wanted to get on the phone with him and just see what uh, what stories, what teams, what things are, uh, are catching his eye here in the early part of the 2018 high school sports season. We've got a first-time guest for the CIAC cast uh, this week, and I'm very happy to have this gentleman with us, uh, Larry Kelly from the Norwich Bulletin. Larry, thanks so much for uh, being with us.
2: Thank you
0: for having me, Joel. We're uh, very excited to have you. Uh, astute readers of the CI of the CIC website might have seen Larry's name from some of our. Uh postseason coverage uh, the past few years. He's been a, a wonderful resource for us doing some freelance work and now uh, firmly ensconced at the Norwich Bulletin. So we wanted to uh, to reach out to him and and talk a little bit about some of the things he's been seeing and writing about uh, in the early season. So, Larry, let's uh, let's just start there. You've uh, you've been on the beat now and and I know been covering Eastern Connecticut for for quite a while Uh for in a variety of roles, but now with the bulletin, what are some of the uh, some of the teams maybe in the the early season here in the fall that have caught your attention uh, for whatever reason?
2: All right, Joel. Uh, Woodstock Academy, not necessarily known as an athletic factory, nonetheless has an excellent girls soccer team this year, mm-hmm. and the number three girls volleyball team in the state, according to the state poll. Uh, Woodstock. Reached the Class L final last year and lost to Ram, which is ranked number two in the state poll. Yep, Woodstock's returning quite a few players, including a real blue chip player in Paola Hernandez, mm-hmm. who transferred to Woodstock last year after her her home in Puerto Rico was uh, damaged by the hurricane. And she she's a very veteran player. She's a junior. But she's played for many years, and Coach Adam Batone calls her like a very cerebral and athletically gifted player.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's a she has a strong supporting cast, and the Centaurs are looking to uh, go very far. May, maybe take the whole thing this year in Class L. Yeah. Also, uh, as far as ECC football goes, although the ECC. Took it on the chin in the crossover games so the SEC and the SWC last week. I believe they went 1 and 7. Uh, Killingly did, did not have a crossover game, and Killingly looks by far to be the best team in the ECC this year, which some people might find surprising because the Redmen, who won Class M last year, lost a lot of talent including the Gatorade Player of the Year and Spencer Lockwood who rushed for 3,100 yards and 40 some odd TDs he's now playing at Trinity however in place of Lockwood they have a a three headed monster in the backfield they have they they call themselves Lightning and Thunder Lightning (laughs) is 5'11", 145 pound Jackson Lopes Thunder is 6'3", 240-pound. Isaiah Harriet, who is a D- Division One defensive end linebacker prospect, but he runs well, and the first time he carried the ball, he went uh, 41 yards for a touchdown against playing field. The next time, he went 80 yards for a touchdown. But they also have a third member, uh, Tyler Connoyer who, five-four, hundred and pounder who's actually uh, the leading rusher now. I, I coined coined them hail, <laughs> like a damaging little little package. So it's lightning, thunder, and hail. There you go. Me this year.
0: Uh, what about uh, you? You've written a little bit about, and I know a lot of folks uh, in that part of the state are certainly interested in the in the sort of scheduling with the ECC. Uh, you know, that's a league, obviously, with a lot of variety uh, in the size of its schools, and I know they've done some different things there this year. What's how has that uh, shaped up, and, and how do you uh, what do you feel that that's um, been able to accomplish there in the in the early early going at least this season?
2: Yeah, ECC realignment. Uh has finally evolved into a four-division format for most sports. And most people are pretty happy with it. Uh, Honestly, the problem is NFA is a humongous school, Mm -hmm. uh, twice the size as the next next biggest school, Fitch. And a lot of the schools are a quarter of the size of NFA. And uh, as far as the football realignment, the, a lot of the ECC smaller schools have opted out of playing NFA, which is forced NFA to schedule a brutal non-league schedule. Yeah. They, they have the toughest non-league schedule in the state because m- most most leagues, they have their league games, which take up maybe all but one, uh, not one slot on the schedule. NFA this year has played they open with Xavier, which they beat. They lost at Fairfield Prep. This week, they play Bacon Academy, one of the few smaller schools in the ECC that they play. But after that, they play Newtown in Windsor. So those are... Xavier's down a little, but all the other teams are state playoff uh, regulars. Yeah. So they're, they're playing a very tough schedule. They, they like it because they get to test themselves Against the best competition and play four quarters, but very demanding schedule. But the ECC it was in jeopardy of dissolving a couple of years ago because smaller schools were not happy with the schedule, particularly mm-hmm. in football. But it's been remedied a little bit with the NFA hitting the road, so to speak, to play tough non league teams.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully that will, uh, yeah, we'll keep uh, we'll keep the league together and keep those folks uh, a little bit happier. I know that's always a challenge when you have such a you know a diverse uh, population in terms of uh, the size of your schools. Any other teams uh, on the field, either you know, with their their play on the field, or some of the interesting stories about them uh, that have caught your eye uh, in the early season here and the, out there in that part of the state?
2: Sure, Joel. Uh- Plainfield girls soccer team is undefeated and looking to make a good run in the states and they're the uh, ECC tournament runner up having lost to Woodstock last year but one of the interesting facets of Plainfield is nine of their 11 starters are part part of families as far as uh, there's there's three sisters, the prices there's two sets of twins the the Carlsons Katie Carlsons an, was an all-state player last year as a mid junior midfielder
1: mm-hmm.
2: sophomore midfielder check that and her sister re- reportedly is just as good but she plays defense so it's tough to make all-state as a defender because you don't have stats right. to back it up and there's also the uh, Newberry twins who start and the A sisters who start. So, uh, you can say they say timing is everything. Uh, I guess Plainfield is fortunate that four families have had <laughs> high school girls at the same same time. Yeah, so that's that pretty they uh, they remarkable. Really replenish their program and Woodstock girls soccer uh, defending ECC champs, which is. A little rare that that a northern ECC school has won the girls soccer championship. Usually, it's a shoreline ECC school, such mm-hmm. as East Lyme or Waterford. Uh, so it was nice nice to see a little variety as far as the ECC playoffs go in soccer. Yeah. As far as this week, the very interesting uh, football game, Killingly. And assistant coach Jack Cochran, who, who's a volunteer assistant, the sheriff for Killingley, the infamous Jack Cochran of <laughs> yes. state title fame at Bloomfield, New Britain, and New London. They play at New London. So on the field, it's going to be an interesting game because uh, New London probably poses a little more speed than uh, the first two Killingley opponents, who they beat fairly comfortably. But also Cochran, uh, who, he's an assistant who usually is on the top of the press box with the other assistants. I'm sure he's going to uh, draw some fanfare from New London who who thought he should have been the choice to be the, the new coach this year. So, especially if New London happens to fall behind you, you can be sure there'll be some uh, cries for Jack.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, and you'd also I know have, have been tracking uh speaking of um some of these some of that that new London program and, and NFA in football, some uh some former alums who have been um who have been making some noise or at least getting some opportunities in uh in college football uh at least in the early going this year.
2: Yes the big headliner is uh A. J. Dillon who he he played as sparingly as a freshman at New London. Then he transferred a private school in Massachusetts, and I guess he, he lifted and got to be a 240-pound running back. <laughs> now, if you follow college college football, he, he's outstanding sophomore running back for Boston College, and probably a Heisman Trophy candidate, or at least a candidate to be in the top five or, or eight. Yeah. He's off to a great start for uh, Boston College. He's about six feet, 245, and watching him on TV, he he, he looks like he's going to play on Sunday.
0: Yeah.
2: He's that type of runner. And uh, NFA has a couple of Division One players right now. Uh, Marcus Outlow, who was a big name about five years ago for NFA. I think he was the ranked second in the rivals.com recruiting list in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He started out at Boston College, played usually it was a third down back or a backup, transferred to Coastal Carolina. Kind of had the same role last year, but this year as a fifth year senior, he's he's starting for the first time and he's gained about 300 yards in three games. And he he's a great individual. Uh he already has his degree. He's working on his a master's degree, and uh, a lot of people are very happy that he's finally fulfilling his potential on the field in Toledo, which just played Miami of Florida, not mm-hmm. Ohio. They got beat pretty badly, but defensive end Tuzar Skipper, he's about six three, two hundred and fifty. He's he's starting at defensive end for Toledo, and he had eight tackles against Miami last week. So those are two NFA grads who are. are do, at NFA actually has some fa- famous graduates. They at one at one time they had a couple of years ago they had three major league players. Uh, Dominic Leone, who's still in the majors, a uh, St. Louis reliever. Eric Campbell, who played for the Mets, and Andrew Kerrigan, who was an A's reliever, who was the Hardest thrower I've ever seen in high school. He's yeah. thrown 94 in the <laughs> high school, and also they had a Matt Shaughnessy who was a, a defensive end for Arizona and Oakland. So, so they've had the share of pro athletes.
0: Yes, indeed. So we uh, we we certainly love seeing those folks, and as you said, so you can enjoy some uh, some high school football on Friday nights, and then watch some uh, some outstanding Eastern Connecticut uh, alums. On the college fields on uh, on Saturday, so Larry, we uh, we appreciate uh, you getting in touch with us. As I said, you've uh, folks uh, who are regulars of ciscsports.com may have seen your work, but uh, love to see it uh, there at the Norwich Bulletin doing a great job covering the the eastern part of the state, and we appreciate you uh, checking in with us and giving us an update on some of the interesting uh, interesting stories you've been covering and interesting uh, teams and folks that you've uh, had your eye on out there. So uh, keep up the good work. We uh, enjoy reading it, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope.
2: Thank you very much, Joel
0: thanks uh, a lot to Larry really doing a nice job there as I said uh, the bulletin is, uh, is is a pinnacle there uh, we've got a lot of good papers uh, around the uh, the state of Connecticut and the Norwich bulletin is certainly one of them that does a great job uh, really diving into high school sports and Larry and uh, and Jimmy Zanor and uh, and their staff there do a wonderful job I know we've had folks from uh, the bulletin on before they do a wonderful job covering high school sports and uh, a lot of good stories going on in that part of the state maybe doesn't get uh, quite the attention all the time uh, that that uh, The rest of the state does, so uh, we always like to check in with them and see what's happening there. So uh, let's wrap things up a little boys and girls soccer talk. I mentioned uh, our friends Scott Erickson and Joe Morelli. They've been on uh, many times before. Scott from the Stanford Advocate, Joe from the New Haven Register. You can see their work there, and you can now hear their work uh, with the Just for Kicks podcast. So we uh, do, as I said, a little crossover here. We're going to get both of them on the phone, talk a little boys and girls soccer. So I believe this is a first with the CIAC cast where we have uh, what I'm going to call a crossover podcast. As I have the, uh, the, the wonderful hosts of the Just for Kicks podcast from Game Time C- CT and the Hearst Media, uh, Scott Erickson and Joe Morelli with me. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me.
3: My pleasure.
4: Yeah, thanks for having us, Joel.
0: I appreciate you uh, you coming to, to slum on this little uh, CIAC podcast with uh, all the fine work that you guys are doing now. Two episodes into uh to the Just for Kicks podcast. Why don't you give me a quick, uh, uh, and the listeners, a quick uh, sell of, of what you guys are doing over there in, uh, in your new venture.
4: Yeah, I mean, Joe and I are talking boys and girls soccer. We're trying to shine a light on it across the state. Um, we're having a lot of fun doing it. The soccer people seem really into it, that, that we're showing them some love. You know, it's hard in football season for... The soccer people sometimes. So you know, Joe and I both really love state soccer, and this is a great way for us to get to see a lot of different soccer teams, and for you know teams that don't get a lot of coverage to uh, to get some love too.
3: Well, I, I won't speak for Scott here, but I mean, I, the first beat I ever covered at the Register in 1997, many many moons ago, when I actually had hair, was girls' soccer, and it's it's funny that I've kind of gone back to it. It's what, I enjoy it. It's 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 the, the purest form of the game, and we we all like football. We watch the World Cup, men's and women's, and then I, I think to shine a light on it, as Scott said, is something that has been available. Meaning there's not the market is not saturated with soccer. You can there's a, there's place for it, and we hopefully have found a niche. Hopefully, and people will. More and more people will listen to it as we go along and deeper into the season.
0: I will, uh, I will certainly add it to my uh, subscri- subscription uh, feed here, so it's just for Kicks Podcast, and we'll uh, we'll promote it again a little bit at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, subscribe on
4: iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes and, and uh, give us five stars, Joel. That'd be great. There you go. Well, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah.
0: plug is uh, plug is officially done. And well, you know, do the CIC That's Cast right, yeah. as well while you're there. Of course, it's uh, they they really go hand in hand. Uh, I think so they do we're, we're a couple weeks now into the into the fall season so we'll kind of uh, bounce around on some topics here covering the the world of high school soccer in Connecticut so let's uh start out and uh, and Joe and Scott give me uh, you know a handful of, uh, of kind of things that have just caught your eye at least in the early season whether it's uh, surprises whether it's um, you know trends anything that you think has has jumped out at you kind of in the early going
3: go ahead joel I mean I got yeah. Joe Joel, Joel, yeah, it's all its all good. Um, <laughs> it, I, actually, uh, as I've stated on, on the podcast, I mean, I think the Fs, in class double-L and girls, I mean, it, it, it's heavy FCAC. I mean, you've got 13 teams in there, and uh, I mean, other than Glastonbury and maybe a couple other teams, it'd be a shock if one of them didn't win the title. It'd be, it'd be an upset. and I, I think those, the teams are rising to the top. I mean, we, uh, we don't currently have a double l poll. I'm sure it's circulating somewhere. We found a MS poll, which Granby is number one in in week one. And um... but it, in the higher classes, I think you're going to see St. Joe's and Richfield, who wasn't given up a goal yet. I don't think St. Joe's has either. in and, and those schools, in and Glastonbury and, and Sullington, and, and you know a lot of the same teams. Uh, we haven't really seen any different teams yet because a lot of the big matchups really have not happened yet mm-hmm. um, in the smaller divisions. Uh, o- O-Lime lost to North Branford in, in the Shoreline regular season opener for both teams. I mean, North Shoreline Old lime is your three-time Class S state champion, yep. and the only team they've lost to during the regular season since 2014 has been North Branford, which was last Saturday. So, I-, I think we're start we're seeing some decent teams, some good matchups, but again, it's a little too early to tell. If there's anybody who could rise up and maybe knock off the people who you think will be there in the end, what, that about, makes sense.
0: Uh, what about on the boys' side, Scott?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to come as a
4: shock to you, but uh, Farmington and Glastonbury are both really good. And <laughs> on the boys' side, um, you know, these guys have been uh, state champions. For, you know, kind of like trading off for years here. Farmington's loaded. I went up and saw Farmington and Glastonbury. It was my first time up in Farmington. Uh, they're loaded with a senior team. Brennan Hughes, his brother Nate, a couple other kids. Um, but that, but they've lost too. You know, they lost to Eo Smith, who lost to Rocky Hill. The teams up in the CCC really, you know, as Joe said the other day, kind of beat each other up. And then the FCAC and SEC and SWC always have a ton of really good teams, but it hasn't translated as much at the state level, uh, yeah. at least in the terms of championships. You know, Greenwich hasn't won a state championship since 1961. Richfield won one five years ago as co-champions, uh, but it's been a while for you know the Trumbulls of the world and for an SEC team, other, you know in Double L uh, hand obviously won in, in Class L last year, um, and you know we're seeing that all the good teams are, are kind of good again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if someone can knock off Farmington or Glastonbury, you know all the power to them. But I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah.
0: What about uh, just you know you said you've sort of been out and about trying to to catch games uh, all over the state. What are some teams maybe? Uh, not necessarily surprises or, or some of the ones you've mentioned already that just have, have impressed you that you've seen in person so far in the early season?
4: Uh, yeah, two teams that I've seen down this way, uh, Dan Barry, uh, who's always been, he's been a good team and you know obviously has, has made runs in state tournaments and hasn't won a title in a while. Uh, I saw them the other night, really impressed with them. they got some really good skill players, great defender in Tyler Warren, um, a great kid up top in Malam and Jallo uh and West Hill who's undefeated and just beat Norwalk the other day um, West Hills you know kind of been up and down the last few years but they feel like they have a pretty good squad there i'm going to probably see them you know in person next week but those two schools for me um, you know really impressed me and you know they're not that far off the radar but uh they're not you know
3: the elite elites right now but yeah i w- i would keep an eye on Danbury this year for sure mm-hmm. Joe, i haven't seen it as much as Scott but i did see Shelton the girls the other night and Their defense is as good as advertised. They'll be one of the better teams in the SEC. I haven't seen Guilford yet, but I'm surprised that they're winless right now. Again, we're early it's And a lot of teams have only played one or two games, so it's kind of hard because the weather really has impacted uh, a lot of things around here, as we all know. Um, But um, I'm I'm sure I'll get out and see some of these teams down the SEC way at some point. But I think the SEC might be a little bit down. And then in previous years, I don't know if Hand is as good as last year or if Gilbert is as good as it's been in the past, but um, it might be more balanced. A team like Mercy could, could, could do well with three straight shutouts. So, um, again, like I said earlier, I think the cream rises at to the top. Can we see somebody like a Law who went to the SEC tournament final last year and had never been even in the tournament before? That, will we see a team like that in the FCAC or the SCC or the SWC? knows? But I, what I will say, in our, at least in the girls preseason top twenty-five list we did for game time CT, mm-hmm. a lot of kids division one bound. Yep. That's a lot for for soccer in the state. That's pretty damn good. I'd say at least a dozen off the top of my head that are, are going division one and, and they're committed as juniors. Wow, so that's pretty impressive. And,
4: and I'll add on the girls side that you know I think you kind of mentioned this, but Double L is so loaded. With all those yeah. kids and and so many good teams, especially now that St. Joe's is up there, like that Double L girls tournament is going to be off the charts good. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Joe. You uh, you you cleverly see this. You could tell you've gotten that podcast experience already. You talked about some of the players. Give me a give me a handful of, of some of the kind of names to watch uh, around the state this season. Some of the standouts uh, that fans are going to be looking forward to seeing uh, throughout the fall. Uh, well, as
3: as, as Got mentioned St. Joe's as Jessica Mazzo uh, going to Yukon. Maddie Freed who's a sophomore at St. Joe's going to Villanova, um, Claudia Benz from West Hill. I don't, name escapes me as far as where she's going. Massick's got two kids and DiLorenzo, and I, her name escaping, me. But they're both going to Michigan in the two Division One kids, Yukon and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And and that, this that alone. I mean, the FCIAC is loaded with kids that are going Division One. Uh, not as many down uh, my way, but, I mean, if you want to start, go, we have three. I mean, Connecticut has three preseason All-Americans of USA today. Um, Mazel being one of them, girl from Massic, and Ali Auger from North Branford, the goalkeeper who committed to Boston College between a freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. and had the shutout against Old Lime. So, I mean, to have three, uh, 24 kids, I know it's based on where you're going, but... That's that says a lot for the nutmeg state, I would think. Yeah, no question. Scott,
4: yeah, on the boys' side, uh, you know, Jason Weinstein from Trumbull is a kid that you know we had our eye on coming into the season. He had 29 goals uh, over his first two seasons on the varsity, and then this year has a hat trick and then another game with five. He just broke the school record for goals scored. Um, Lee Wilderman over at Hand uh, had 14 goals last season. He's back with them. Um, Ryan Winkler up at Massick, he's a, he's a really dangerous forward. Uh, you know, the, uh, Ian Slattery, the goalie for Guilford. I think Guilford's a really good team in Class L this year, and uh, you know, a lot of that in soccer depends on your defense and your goalkeeping, mm-hmm. and they have a really good goalkeeper in Slattery. Uh, Greenwich has a really good goalkeeper in Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he was All-State last year, and he's back. Um, over at Cheshire, Toby Goldstein's really good. And then, like I, I mentioned before, Brennan Hughes, the defensive player, up at uh, Farmington, and Tyler Warren, the defensive player at Danbury, you know, Joe and I were talking about this the other day, about how soccer's really a defensive game, and we always end up shouting out the kids who score the goals, because, you know, if you're not at the game, it's hard to to see who played defense well, you know what I mean? And the coaches don't send that in. They send in, hey, this kid scored three goals, this kid scored two goals, but when you're at a game, you can really see, you know, defensively what teams are doing, and This kid Tyler Warren for Danbury and Brennan Hughes for Farmington really jumped off the page when I saw them in person and and I love defensive soccer so you know we're trying to look for those kids uh, and and highlight them too.
0: Yeah what about uh, what about in net any any goalkeepers that uh, that stand out for you on the boys side?
4: Uh, Yeah like I said Jimmy Johnson and Ian Flattery. Jimmy Johnson is phenomenal um, for Greenwich. You know he's been a four-year, three-year starter I think. I think he played a little bit as a freshman too Was All-State last year. The defense in front of him is really good, so you'll look at his total sometimes, and you'll say four saves, five saves, but he does what he has to do. You know, the ball doesn't always get back to him, but when it does, he's really prepared. He organizes the defense in front of him, uh, and I'm sure Slattery is the same way at Guilford. You know, when you have a lot of saves, that means your defense isn't really doing its job. You know, you don't want to have ten saves in a game, but... These kids don't have to make that many saves, but they make the saves that, that they do have to make. And and those two kids, I think, are, are both all state you yeah. know kids.
0: Um, you guys talked about your your plan and your hope to kind of uh, keep tabs on all this as the as the season goes along. I'm wondering, um, are there any you know maybe give me a handful of games that that you sort of see uh, coming up as kind of must see games? Whether you uh, you know really are going to try to be there in person, or uh, you know are ones that you just think are going to go a long way towards sort of. Um, you know, maybe getting a handle on uh, on who are some of the favorites uh, heading into the state tournament. So maybe a couple uh, a couple must-watch games uh, that, that you look at as you look on the regular season schedule, um, trying to figure out what uh, what teams, who's up, who's down, that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, I, tomorrow I'm going to go to see Barlow and Weston in the SWC. I'm really excited about that game. Uh, you know, I think they're both still unbeaten. I'd have to check uh, what happened on Monday, but
0: Yes, they are. Uh,
4: big SWC rivalry. Both teams who think they can make runs in states. Um, and there's some other really good boys games just coming up this week. Uh, old Saybrook and Morgan, uh, who met in the Class S semis last year and have a great rivalry in the Shoreline, are playing. Uh, Shelton and Hand uh, in the SCC are playing Saturday. And uh, and uh, New Milford and Newtown also Saturday uh, in the SWC. Uh, yeah, every week I go through, and there's so many great games. It seems like I, I can always pick out five or six games across the state that are that are quality matchups. And there's some good ones this weekend. So if you don't want to watch football, go check out some <laughs> some really good soccer Friday and Saturday.
3: Joe, how about on Friday? Yeah, the well, side? On, on Friday, I mean, Glastonbury to me is still the team to beat in the CCC. They weren't as dominant as they've been in the past, and they're hosting Sellington on Friday, a team that has yet to go up a goal. So you find out about Sellington. And, they, and can they match Glastonbury on the road? Uh, St. Joe's is going into Wilton. Will and can they match with the defending FCAC champions? I mean, Richfield hasn't given up a goal. Uh, they face St. Joe's on the road October 11th, and I'm sure a game that will, our company will cover. but Somebody will be there, I'm sure. It, and then obviously, in, 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 I mentioned Old line before, they schedule pretty tough in the non-conference. They're going to face hand. A game that was postponed from the season opener due to inclement weather. Mm-hmm. They're going Monday night, and hands got to go Old line and then Guilford uh, over a three-day stretch. So there are games, like, games like that. I mean, I think once we get to October, again, we're going to know who's the best. We're going to know who the best teams are, and, whether, and, and then you're going to know who the pretenders are. Uh, by that time, I would think.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. We'll start getting a, a, a clearer picture. So I'll let you uh, let you guys wrap up. You can uh, get back to your busy schedules here. But um, I guess just kind of last question uh, for both of you. You know, what are you sort of uh, you know, and this I guess is a little similar to this to the games. But I'm just curious if you know what you're kind of looking for. What do you think you're going to be following um, you know this season as you sort of uh, are diving into boys and girls soccer a little bit more, maybe even than you have in the past. What are some of the things? Um, that you think you're going to uh, kind of be tracking as the season goes along, whether it's trends, whether it's specific teams, uh, rivalries, anything that, uh, that looks particularly interesting to you for the, uh, the 2018 season? I
4: think one thing season. on the boys' side I've noticed is uh, kids coming back from the academies to come play for their high schools. Uh, whether, they go in, whether they're whether they just doing up their senior year or coming back to their junior year, uh, Staples has two kids back and it's made them a lot better. I know a few other kids are coming back, too, so they're getting that academy experience, and maybe they're realizing it's not quite for them, and they're not getting the playing time they want, and they're coming back to their high schools. And I, we both, I, I, mean, I don't want to speak for Joe, but I think we both love to see that, to see the kids coming back and playing CIAC soccer. And the other thing I'll be looking for is if anyone can really crack into those top, top teams and and, and break through, especially in, the, in Class Double L, if we can get... Uh, get some fresh blood in, in the championship game there. Yeah. I'm not sure that we can, but maybe
3: we can. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be piggybacking on what Scott said and, and, and a point that we both made. Can somebody other than Glastonbury or one of the 13 FCA teams win double L? I think it would be hard-pressed to somebody be able to go deep into that tournament because you're going to face an FCAC team at some point along the way, probably in the second round, maybe even on the road. Uh, and now that St. Joe's moving up to double L, as Scott indicated, L's wide open. Can Hand, can Mercy, can any of the other teams step in? Old Limestone S, can they win four in a row? St. Joe's, can they win four in a row in different divisions? And, and then Class M, uh, can Granby win it again? So it, it, it remains to be seen, but who will be the best teams? It's hard to go, against, to go against Chalk right now, but as Scott and I both know, and so do you, Joel, you can dominate a game and lose one nothing and go home in the state tournament. And very no other sport that I could think of where you could dominate and lose. So like I said, if you got if you have a good defense, a good goalkeeper, you can go deep in the tournament and Brantford did it boys did it a number of years ago as a low seed and under co championship in class L with Avon. And sometimes that's that does happen, especially in soccer. So it remains to be seen. But again, it's hard to go against chalk.
0: Yeah. No. The uh, you know the 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 um, the standard bearer, at least in recent years, for uh, for low seeded championships was the the Portland girls a couple years ago as the 32 seed winning a yes. uh, the state championship, which uh, for a little bit at least until uh, uh, a magical baseball run was the lowest ever seed to win a title. So soccer may be the uh, right. the you know we we see a lot of chalk, but yeah, you may see some unpredictable things depending on game plans and. And that kind of stuff. So, it makes it a lot of fun to uh, to follow. And I know uh, you guys will be doing that all year long. Scott and Joe, two of our favorites to have on the CIAC cast. You always have great information. As he said, check out the Just for Kicks podcast. I believe they've done a. Uh, two episodes thus far. They'll be coming at you uh, weekly there. Uh, you can find it on iTunes and all that good stuff. Find the CIC cast there as well. Download them uh, both at the same time and make all three of us happy. So we uh, we appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the rest of the uh, the soccer season. We'll check in with you soon.
3: Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks to uh, both of those gentlemen. Always love chatting with those guys. They've got a lot of good information. I know, as they said, it's uh, you know, a little hard. Uh, the weather has not been cooperating. Don't have kind of the backlog and, and maybe the uh, – the uh, I all of the games uh, play that we would like to see at this point in the season so we'd have a little better feel for some of these uh, some of these stories but certainly a lot of good things happening uh, in the world of high school soccer in the state of Connecticut a lot of talented players as they talked about a lot of great teams that's uh, it's certainly a sport to watch and, and an enjoyable one to cover I know for those gentlemen uh, throughout the fall so keep your eye on that as they said subscribe to the uh, just for kicks podcast and uh, and of course please subscribe to the CIAC cast as well as I mentioned You can find us on the Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe, rate, leave us a review there. We would love that so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on the uh, Google Play and, of course, on Stitcher as well. So lots of good places to find us. And, of course, you can also listen right there on the website at cicsports.com or on your mobile device. If you point your browser at ciacmobile.com, we have a mobile version of the website, and there's a link right there to the latest podcast episode as well. So that's another way that you can check out the CIAC cast. Lots of good ways to uh, to listen to our conversations about the world of high school sports in Connecticut. Again, ciacsports.com is the website. At CIAC Sports is the Twitter handle. At CIAC Sports is the Instagram account. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. So many ways to keep track of news and happenings from the world of Connecticut high school sports and the CIAC. So we hope you will take advantage, avail avail yourselves of all of those things, uh, including the podcast. We love having you uh, listen in. Certainly love to have folks check out what we're doing here as we're approaching uh, 100 episodes, which is a little hard to believe, uh, knocking down the door uh, of 100 of these bad boys talking about uh, Connecticut high school sports. So that will be coming up. We'll maybe try to think about some interesting things we can do to celebrate that nice round uh, 100 anniversary. But until then, uh, enjoy the weekend, enjoy some wonderful high school sports, and uh, hopefully you'll be back with us. Uh, we'll be trying to stick to our every other week schedule, so we should be back in uh, in two weeks or so with a new edition of the CIAC Cats.